This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. We may never know which came first, but we can all agree that both are delicious. Therefore, the real question we should be asking is, which was eaten first, chicken or eggs? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we are discussing which was eaten first, the chicken or eggs. Nicole, this this was your idea. <laughs> this was my idea. Uh, let's, uh, a little insight into the creative process. Uh, me, Nicole, Ryan, and Trevor, we all sit down and we go, hey, what kind of podcast do you want to do? And Nicole goes, chicken or egg? And we go, what do, what do you mean? And she goes, yeah, which was eaten first? So Nicole, I'm going to let you take the opening statement on this one. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say eggs. Because, why, why come? Because uh, science says that eggs were eaten first. We both did a little research. We dug a little deep and we saw that eggs were actually eaten first. So uh, the podcast is over. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. I, I know what you're referring to. So if you look to the actual like archaeological, anthropological history, mm -hmm. it says that eggs were most likely domesticated from chickens in India in like 3200 B.C. And then also chickens were likely not eaten as food on a large scale until actually it was very cool. About five years ago, um, archaeologists in Israel uh, found evidence that dated it back to about 400 BC. So it would appear they're close. They're close. Yeah, they're close, but still 3000 years away. Like, yeah. there was a longer time between people supposedly on a mass scale. I must add as a caveat. Yes, mass e scale. Eating eggs and chickens as there was from like Jesus to now. Because that's what uh, I'm going to bring up gonna, scripture a lot. To be fair. Are you going to quote the Bible? On this? I'm going to quote the Bible a lot. I How got many quotes do things. you have on your laptop? I only have two. I got oh, okay. one, I got one Old Testament and another Old Testament. Ooh. Oh, OK. It gets into some weird so stuff. So there's no New Testament stuff. No New Just, Testament stuff. This is the book of our people. OK. Nicole. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is like dating from Genesis. But no, I believe <laughs> <laughs> I believe that chickens were eaten first, despite despite a mountain of evidence against me from the entire archaeological so historical not, community. So we're not going off of like 
let's just say, the cultivation of these things in order for them to be eaten on a mass scale. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking, what guy went into the coop, looked at an egg, looked at a chicken, and said, I'm going to eat one of those. Yeah, I ain't even talking about coop. I'm talking <laughs> predating coop. I'm talking dude dude walking in the jungle, you know, sees this weird little, like, a half-raptor dinosaur creature yeah. and goes like, I'm going to eat its flesh. <laughs> or said, I'm going to eat the round thing that came out of its poop hole. Okay, well, let's 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 dissect that then, because I think that's the argument here. Again, uh, going against the grain of all, <laughs> let's, let's just call them facts. Is this yeah. a fact-based podcast? No, not uh, even a little bit. This is the opposite. This is an impassioned mm-hmm. philosophical debate between two people who love food and just love to make each other cringe and laugh. Yeah. That's what this whole broad- <laughs> this is what this whole podcast is about. Facts, leave them at the door. Yeah, yeah. At some point last week, I said if you uh, uh, cut open someone's stomach after eating a hot dog, you could, in theory, boil parts of their yeah. intestines to become a hot dog. That's not true at all. It, see? Yeah. That's no. That's you cr- say that now. Yeah. After I mean, the fact. No, like in, like intestinal casing and hot dogs is so much different <laughs> than just a whole human intestine. That what a wild thing. But that was last week, and now this is this week, and we're saying. New, completely nonsensical things. Yes, exactly. So what I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at this on like a personal level, if you are faced, let's examine this in a vacuum, right? That's like a common tactic for philosophical arguments. Examine this in a vacuum without any sort of, you know, cultural norms that are imposed on you, any sense of history, just pure instinct. And you see animal flesh versus weird, gooey, translucent, yellow, thing encased in a hard shell. What looks more inviting to you to eat? And keep in mind, there's like precedent for flesh being eaten that you can see openly, right? Like humans mm-hmm. have been eating animal flesh and cooking it over fire to avoid disease for thousands of years. It's and a what lot of, made us human. It's what made yeah. us human. It's what separated us from animals. But yeah. also we see animals, you know, killing each other and eating flesh for food. So there's precedent for that. Sure, they're egg-eating animals. We call them ovo-raptors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a word I pulled out of nowhere. Isn't it ovotarians? Ovo-vegetarians are people who only eat eggs uh-huh. and no meat. But uh-huh. ovo-raptor is a term for an animal that primarily eats eggs. Isn't that a basketball team? Yeah, yeah, the Toronto Ovo Raptors. <laughs> yeah, they're the defending champs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got a Kawhi omelet uh, leading the charge. Um, but, uh, but no, what I'm saying is in a vacuum, if you are faced with the choice of animal flesh or this just like completely gross looking gooey mess inside of a thing that came out of a poop shoot, you're gonna go for you're gonna go for flesh first. So I believe there was one person just like walking in the jungle, sees this little idiot chicken walking around, just like, <laughs> and that person was just like, I'm gonna cut off its head and eat its flesh. <laughs> no, I would. Well, pers- in a vac, is this personal or is this vacuum, Nicole? Is this this real? is vacuum, Nicole? Vacuum, Nicole. Break yourself down to vacuum, Nicole's <sighs> instincts. You have, you know, you're not Do getting I your eyebrows to? done. You don't have your makeup. I know you. He like- noticed. <laughs> he noticed I did my eyebrows. That's huge. I, I have said in the past that I don't like to compliment any coworkers because for me, if I'm like, Nicole, your eyebrows look good today. Then yeah. you're like, what? My eyebrows look like crap every that's other not day. How I, but that's not how I process compliments, Josh. I don't think like, oh my God, he thought I was ugly before. That's not true at all. Everything you say just adds to my egotism. It never brings me down. You it called, just feeds my narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, you called me a creative genius the other day, and I was like, <laughs> Big mistake. literally felt like I had won the Miss Congeniality pageant. I felt like Sandra Bullock. I one time, the one time I'm like, Josh is like really talented and really creative. I don't know what I'm going to do when he's not here. <laughs> and now his head is the size of Jupiter. Oh, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. But sorry, vacuum, Nicole. Okay. So is, this, so is it a living chicken or is it a dead chicken? 
Living chicken. You must slaughter it. I and must bleed slaughter it, it myself. And the egg is in the the egg. Yes, but you have an angry chicken guarding it. Oh. And keep in mind, okay, so I have That's this problem where I don't understand historical context. Like, I think anything before, like, the Renaissance, people were just kind of wearing rags, running around, slaughtering <laughs> small birds and barking at each other. And I know society has existed for tens of thousands of years and humans for, I don't know, maybe millions. Again. Have humans been alive for millions of years? No, Ryan said no. He's typing. Not, not a million. Not a, no. If I had a guess. If I had a guess. <laughs> 75,000. Neanderthals 75,000 years ago. What's the number? What's the real number? I just... Someone, someone, <laughs> idiot check us, because we need that. <laughs> we need idiot checking. We need live idiot checks. Which is great that we're the ones having these discussions. I love how, like, we, <laughs> to open the podcast, we're like, okay, so real historians and archaeologists have already settled this. Well, let's get our completely <laughs> uninformed opinions. Yeah, let's get Vacuum Josh and Vacuum Nicole to really duke it out. Apparently, Josh, 200K years. 200,000 years. That's a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, uh, uh, I don't know, because I feel like, you know, adding to historical stuff, For sure, there's a lot more imagery of eggs, like, being used in, like, sacrificial things and stuff like that, more so than chickens, according to the ancient Egyptians. No, there were, and, like, I said, chickens weren't even thought of as food on a large scale, I must say, because I lose the argument if I don't say it on a large scale, (laughs) then it's completely done. They weren't often thought of as food, and they were most likely used for cockfights, which is a thing. But anyone who knows anything about the modern... What? Yeah, so this is the thing. Apparently, 10,000 years ago, uh, they think it started in rural China. People would raise chickens mostly for just entertainment. Just but not for fights. food. But not for food. Oh, my gosh. Which I think this actually supports my argument. Uh-huh. How did they know it wasn't good eaten? Do you eat roosters? You don't eat yeah, roosters. Yeah, no, you do. So the way the modern chicken industrial process mm-hmm. goes is that, you know, you only can use hens for laying eggs. So only the females, right? Okay. And there's one breed of chicken that is good for laying eggs. And there's one breed of chicken that's good for meat. Mm-hmm. Both males and females are used for meat. Oh. So you might be wondering, if you're breeding, you know, laying chickens, what happens to all the males? Exactly. They just get literally, as they're born, they're just tossed in a grinder. No. And they, it's called culling is the, the industrial no. term. But that's a big thing. But so you see the separation of males and females. And so supposedly back in the day, if all these males are being bred for cockfighting, then there are female hens that are laying eggs and people are likely eating those. Right. So that probably started on a large scale before chickens were eaten on a large scale. But my question is, how did people know chickens weren't good for eating? Another thing I think of is everybody before, let's say, 1750 was just like poor. They're just in rags. You know, I don't like I assume that everyone scavenged for food constantly. What about the monarchy, Josh? There's like there were like six rich people. And those are the only ones we know about from history. And then everyone else is just a peasant that died yeah. at like 15. Yeah. yeah after yeah. giving birth to three children. Yes. 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 Yeah. This that is the, my, the view of history that I have. And I know it's it's a historical and that there were great societies, you know, built. Uh, yeah. Probably in prehistory Mesopotamia. as well. Mesopotamia? Yeah, Atlantis. They were underwater. <laughs> I've seen not the, real. I saw the Disney movie. Josh, Atlantis is not real. <laughs> but my point is, someone had to have eaten a chicken and said, yo, this sucks. We should make them fight each other. That had to have happened. How would they know? It has they needed food. Also has to do with like the de- defenseless egg. Like, like the chicken ain't going to guard the egg forever. The chicken's got to go eat. The chicken's got to go sleep. The chicken's got to go do stuff. Like you can just reach under a chicken and just bloop. Like, remove it. It's not that hard. Also, like, it's not like the roosters are sitting on the, the eggs, you know? The roosters are out, like, gallivanting. The, the hens are defenseless. 
Yeah, roosters are go. They're, they're trying to find some some chicken play, dude. This podcast, <laughs> this podcast is gonna make me a vegan. I strongly believe it. Yeah, it's sickening. Sorry. If you weren't a vegan after the episode where I talked about disemboweling someone to make a hot dog, <laughs> it's it's tough to to make this one be a vegan. Oh, actually, Peta did like one of our recent YouTube videos where we made a vegan baconator. Oh, that's nice. Shout out to Peta. They commented and were like, "That rice paper bacon was great." And I just wanted to comment back like. Don't watch any of our other videos. <laughs> Don't stick watch to that one. PETA, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if anyone sends you sends you this little tidbit, please don't watch anything else we make because we love meat. They, I don't think yeah. I'm one to really comment on ethics. Yeah. I don't know why we have this podcast where we but, debate philosophical, ethical but things. It's funny you bring up stealing <laughs> eggs from chickens because one of the things they actually found out in early egg farming production, mm-hmm. which does kind of lend to the point that, you know, eggs are probably eaten on a mass scale first, is that if you just like stole an egg from a chicken, <laughs> the chicken would just be like, oh, that sucks. My baby's gone. Gotta lay another one. And so basically that's how like large scale egg production was born. Was yeah, just you like, steal the eggs. You steal the egg and then you trick it into being like, oh, got to have another kid. Yeah. Well, we have eaten flesh for since the beginning of time. Yeah. So in in a world where maybe like, yeah, chickens were, you know, taken and cut up and eaten. But I don't think that. I truly think it's eggs. And I would eat an egg before a piece of chicken. Have you seen me? <laughs> I eat eggs. I eat two eggs a day every single day for my whole entire life. I, I'm a fellow uh, ovophile. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look at me breaking out. SAT words that don't exist. Okay, so I, I, I really love eggs. Um, there was one day here where for lunch, I think you saw me and watched and discussed yeah. where I just ate five scrambled eggs and dipped it in ketchup as I ate it with it my hands. It was seven. It was seven. it was seven scrambled eggs. Yeah. It's bulking season. Every season is bulking season, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, when you're afraid of your masculinity <laughs> being tarnished. Um, but my point is, we love eggs. There are a lot of people who don't love eggs. Uh, number one, Guy Fieri does not love eggs. Uh, number two, my girlfriend Julia, she also does not love eggs. What? Those are the only two people that I can name off the top of my do head. You, do you hide eggs into things for her to eat? Like- I don't like, she's not, she just doesn't like eating a whole egg. Like, I'm someone where if, like if I'm running bread. a little bit low on food, uh-huh. I'll just be like, well, I got eggs, I'll crack an egg on this, and it becomes a meal. So she won't eat, like, a hard-boiled egg? Yeah, she like she doesn't like it. Like we made ramen together the other day, and she doesn't do the hard boiled egg, which oh. like pains me in my heart a little bit. I still love her very dearly, um, but to me, that's the best know, part man. of the ramen. And I, I love the kind of you know fudgy the, yolk. Yeah, that fudgy yolk yeah. with like just the clean, bouncy protein of the white. But I think there's a legitimate reason why people would find eggs disgusting. Because there, there was an article I read a while ago that mm-hmm. was talking about the mayonnaise disgust. Because sure, yeah, I remember that article. Yeah, yeah where it's all about disgusted by mayonnaise because yeah. it resembles bodily fluids. Yes, and if you think about egg whites, like it, it, it certainly resembles a certain bodily fluid, <laughs> uh, and that's gross as hell. But no, I, I think there is a like legitimate reason to be disgusted by eggs that would influence someone to not eat that. Over no bird flesh. way. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I think eggs are, you know, the building blocks of life. There's <laughs> proteins. There's fats. It's amazing. It's in its own protective shell. You can do a million things with an egg. You can scramble it. You can poach it. You can. Have you ever roasted an egg before? I think I did. Can once. you roast an egg? Yeah. Like you. You can just basically hard boil an egg, but like hard roast an egg. Yeah. Yeah, and it actually it kind of caramelizes a little bit, or, or the proteins get browned. I suppose not caramelized. Oh. On the outside, and it just tastes a little bit worse than a hard-boiled egg. I don't think I could eat a roasted egg, actually. So scratch that part. <laughs> but eggs are the—they're the genesis of life. They're the beginning. The eggs are the start, and they are the first thing you put in your mouth. 
And that's what humans did too, Josh. I'm sorry. Who? I don't, I don't, this vacuum situation did nothing for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to go with the facts and I can't think about this in a philosophical sense. It makes sense. Like, oh, humans ate flesh first. Why wouldn't they eat chicken flesh? But they didn't eat chicken flesh first. I do think they ate the egg first. I'm sorry. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Roman centurions used to bring chickens to battlefields because they thought like their behavior would predict war these are all things that i had no idea i'm so glad you I've proposed heard this of topic. that actually i've heard of that chicken thing before where they put them in like if the chicken is like just sitting there hanging out like they're in trouble right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. if the chicken was all like lively and searching for food and looking for fights they were like oh yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a good battle boys <laughs> yeah it's not like that did you know that uh my grandma is a very superstitious woman r.i.p eggs are very important in uh in our culture so uh actually chickens are too i'm gonna tell you two stories about how chickens and eggs are important so my grandma used to take an, if I was sick, she would take an egg and she would hold it in her hand and she would take a lead, a piece of lead, not a pencil, just like a piece of lead, like yeah. whatever. And she would make a circle of every single person in my life. And then she would wrap the egg in a piece of plastic and she would press it with even pressure between each name. And she remembered every single name. And then whatever like the egg would crack on, that's the person who like made me sick, who like gave me the evil eye. What do you do to him after you find out? Uh, you don't do anything. You just know it and you take the the like a broken yolk and you put it in between your palms and also on the roof of your mouth. So that's one story. You want to hear another story? This is a really fun yeah, story. Yeah, please do. Okay. So one time uh, my grandma snuck in. This is so embarrassing. One time my grandma <laughs> snuck in a live chicken to Cedar sinai Hospital to sacrifice it <laughs> for my dad. <laughs> I think that's awesome. That's metal. Yeah. So uh, we literally came in with a live chicken. We don't do this anymore. This was like very, very old school. Like this isn't like, I don't agree with this stuff, but this is what my grandma used to do. She came in with a chicken in a box. A live chicken just (laughs) She walked through the front gate of Cedar Sinai, walked in, went up to the seventh floor. My dad was there and uh, just uh, we just basically sacrificed a chicken in in a hospital. (laughs) I love that story. I think it's beautiful. Culture is beautiful is a thing a white guy would say. Was, for the evil there, eye reasoning, for evil eye. But I don't think it's good to do that stuff. I don't believe in chicken What was the cleanup like? I don't know. It wasn't, I wasn't there. I mean, like, how'd, she, how'd they kill the chicken? Uh, there's a guy. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, the guy kills the chicken. There's a special person that comes and sacrifices the chicken. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, are they... It's called kaparots, Josh. You've never heard of this I've never before? heard of kaparots. No, yeah, we, I was the kind thing. of Jew where, like, we'd eat bagels on <laughs> Saturday and, like, you know, we'd, we'd do matzo ball soup when Hanukkah rolled around. No, we were witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> we were Jews that dabbled in witchcraft. But, yeah, no, this is a very real thing, and it's actually been a discussion between a lot of, like, Jewish people to, like, not do this anymore because it's not fair to to the chickens and I agree with that 100% but my grandma was just like sneaking them into hospitals and stuff <laughs> which is why I believe eggs were first <laughs> because they are less clean up and not as annoying and there's no blood eggs were eaten before chickens because within your family's rituals yeah it's it's more it's less clean up exactly yeah I, I, I see that argument I see why there should be no reason to argue against that yeah yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me and with history <laughs> and with science and with witchcraft. One thing about this is it's all tainted by like uh, me just not understanding history. Because if you look back to even a chicken that was raised 100 years ago, have you mm-hmm. had like an heirloom chicken breed? Of course. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like a Jidori chicken? Not Jidori. Because I don't even think Jidori is technically a heritage breed chicken is what they're called. I don't even think Jidori is technically a heritage. I think that's just an example. Jidori, for anyone who doesn't know, they tried to market themselves as like the Kobe beef of chickens. Mm-hmm. But it's really just a kind of like clever brand name. So I think I've it is I've never a, enjoyed it. No, like I, a regular chicken. I mean, they started selling it at like a grocery store near here and it's it's kind of just chicken. Yeah. But I've had some like heritage breed chickens and the actual breast on them, even think of a silky chicken. Yeah. The breast on it is just like a fifth the size of any other chicken. They're we so, have silky chickens in yeah, the freezer. There's so little usable meat on them. Yeah. And so like if I'm, you know, <laughs> if I'm looking at the big busty chickens walking around now, <laughs> like we breed chickens so breast dominant, <laughs> which what a weird adjective to apply to anyone. We breed chickens to be so so breast dominant yeah. that they literally can't walk. Like their heads are dragging on the ground. We've talked they're... about this. We talked about this with the chicken nugget and uh, yeah. chicken, what was it? Boneless wings? The boneless wings one. Yeah, we've talked about chicken gazongas before. <laughs> yeah, the, but the chicken gazongas factor into this because if you're looking at like these skinny little birds back then, mm-hmm. they're probably not enticing. You're probably like, I want to see exactly, these two slaughter yeah. each other in, in combat. Wow. And also be used for weird oracle reasons by the Roman guard. You know what would be weird? If they, instead of cockfights, they did like snake fights. And then at the ends of the snake's tails, they put like little uh, like uh, guns on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think about that. Up. Yeah, I think about like what if, you know, we just took, I don't know, two like like mongooses. But like, you know, uh, I don't know, we gave them katanas. <laughs> you know, like, can you imagine that little cute mongoose with a big old samurai sword? That'd be great. <laughs> That's what this podcast has turned into. We're saying, what two animals do you want to see fight with which weapons? You want to see like a capybara with a flail mace full like little uh, like uh, French, you know, knight armor. French bulldogs on. with sling blades. <laughs> I like your argument about eggs being the building blocks of life. Yeah. We, in no other format is both of our attention deficit disorders more pronounced than this podcast. I think it was important for us to do this, though. I think it was, too. Yeah, we got out a lot of tangents that were deep inside of our brains. I think so. This is like half therapy session, half maybe trying to make entertaining This was really cathartic for me. Nicole, we have heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling around there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like... Opinions Are Like Casseroles. You didn't even try that time. First up, we got at Oh Holy Jolie. Scrambled eggs taste amazing if you add A1 sauce, cheese, and cayenne pepper when preparing. I, A1 sauce, A1 sauce I love because it's ketchup-esque, Ugh. right? 
I love A1. I'm an unabashed fan of A1. I, if I'm like making a really good steak that I take time to prepare, I'm typically doing, you know, some sort of like red winey, mushroomy, shallotty thing. So I'm not going to A1 it. But if it's a weeknight steak, I will absolutely put A1 on it if it's available. I don't even stock it in my house, but it's something that I should. I don't touch A1 at all, ever. Don't like it. That's one of those gross old sauces. Yeah, I can't. (laughs) It was made before people. Again, we talked about how (laughs) stupid I am related to history. But like to me, it was like back then people just didn't know what tasted good. And yeah. so they were like, oh, what do we got? Like raisins and fish sauce? Yeah, put it on steak. Yeah, I don't And I kind of like love it. that. No, I'm not about it. So I can see it as someone who loves ketchup on eggs. I see A1 sauce on eggs and I am with you. Okay. More MCD says corn and chocolate pudding was a childhood favorite of mine. That's great. Uh, I wouldn't put it in chocolate pudding, but I might actually enjoy it in like vanilla pudding because corn and like vanilla is actually a really beautiful combination. So I agree with that, but not with the chocolate part. I don't know about chocolate. I'm I'm certainly interested in trying it because I love corn desserts. Me too. So underrated. So good. The, one of my favorite desserts is a Vietnamese dessert. And a, a little precursor, there is one person on Twitter, uh, a, a person who I believe identifies as Vietnamese, who comments on my pronunciation of Vietnamese words. Mm-hmm. And I was on a roll where she was like, you did a great job with with like bun tit nung. Mm-hmm. I really tried. And then bon seo, she said I said really weird. So now I'm, I'm very self-conscious in calling this dessert Jebap. Anyways. Jebap? It's like je, I think. I don't know, dude. It's spelled like C-H-E-B-A-P, but Vietnamese is a very tonal language, so I don't know how to pronounce it. All I know is that it is absolutely delicious. It is like this. (laughs) It's basically just like a a corn custard, but um, the je word that I am apparently not pronouncing right, it's any sort of like cold kind of custardy thing that's made. It can be made with like beans, with like bananas, um, with corn, with anything, and it is really fantastic. It's like this whole world of kind of like grain puddings that are eaten for dessert with condensed milk. So mm-hmm. I love corn desserts. I'm actually planning on stealing the ice cream maker from work uh, this weekend and making my own corn ice cream because I believe the first corn of the season is in. So I'm into that. Go for it, man. All right, at Space Penguin 21 not a roast, but I am going to get a dog. Would you like me to give pats for you? Eh, I'm, I'm a cat guy. Uh, give it all the pats. Nicole says all the pats. <laughs> You're a dog person? Oh, I love dogs. I just I never hate come up. hate cats. Oh, no. I need an animal that can show disdain for me. Cats I need to. Buttholes. I don't like, I don't accept unconditional love because me, I'm like, I didn't earn it. I didn't earn the love, dog. Why are you excited to see me? I haven't done anything for you. Whereas cats, they'll ignore you until you can do things for them. No, I love dogs. Please. I give your, you know what? Also, give your dog a little, uh, Snoop kiss. I'll give him a little snoop kiss. <laughs> okay. Uh, Trevor Dodd speak is, Cordon Bleu is undervalued and should be respected and needs to be on more menus. I believe you're alluding to chicken Cordon Bleu. I was like, do you mean the defunct culinary school, the Cordon Bleu? I thought they meant but, the actor Corbin Bleu. Oh, you mean, oh, the jump rope dude? Yeah, from Jump push In. Push it, push it to the limit, limit, because we're in it to <laughs> Jump In was High School Musical, but instead of basketball, it was boxing. Instead of musicals, it was jump ropes. So it wasn't a movie about jump ropes? No, it was a movie about jump ropes, but it was like... Boxing? His dad wanted him to be a boxer, but all he wanted to do was like <laughs> competitive double dutch. What? That was a friend. They were like, we, High School Musical was a success. Uh, dude wants to play basketball, or dude's dad wants him to play basketball, but all he wants to do is musical theater. And they're like, well, let's just repeat this. What are the two next most popular sports and activities? Double dutch and boxing. And that was the movie. Anyways. This is crazy. Okay, chicken cordon bleu. Let me actually read the textbook. Uh, when I say textbook, I mean Wikipedia definition. A cordon bleu 
is a dish of meat wrapped around cheese, then breaded and pan-fried or deep-fried. Veal or pork cordon bleu is made of veal and pork pounded thin and wrapped around a slice of ham and a slice of cheese, breaded, and then pan-fried or baked. Okay, I love cordon bleu, but like it's just an out, it's outdated, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I don't really agree that we need to bring it back, you know? There are so many other foods that are just waiting to be discovered and put on the plates of America. So no, I think cordon bleu came, it enjoyed, now it's time for it to go. Yeah, I, I don't weep for chicken cordon bleu. No. Also, the idea of stuffing meats, whereas, okay, so we we talked about this idea where if you eat berries, it just becomes a smoothie in your mouth. Uh-huh. That's kind of how I feel about the layering of certain foods. Like, yeah. I don't enjoy eating, say, cupcakes, for example, because I'd much prefer a layer cake. Hmm. I think that is the way to get the proper amount of, like, icing and cake in your mouth. I just, I don't dig on cupcakes. There's always too much frosting on them and you can never quite get your mouth around a full satisfying bite. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about chicken cordon bleu. I love the flavor combination of cheese and ham and chicken. I just don't need it to be stuffed inside of one another. Yeah, totally. I think there's actually reiterations of cordon bleu that are yet to be discovered. Uh, Like Sizzler's Malibu chicken. They don't have the labor capacity to, well, I think Sizzler is now bankrupt. (laughs) Uh, At least all the ones around here closed. RIP Sizzler and all buffets. Uh, but yeah, they just like stack ham and cheese on chicken and it's great. All right. At Gid Kids, strawberries dipped in sour cream and then in brown sugar is one of the best fruit desserts. This sounds like right up my alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like one of those things you binge eat at like 3 a.m. where it's like, these are the three things I have in my cupboard. Yeah. I've been really into like simple fruit desserts during quarantine. Well, I've been into all desserts during quarantining times because, you know, you get the sads and you want to eat sweet stuff. Oh, yeah. And so like just little things like sprinkling, you know, cinnamon and sugar on pineapple, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, dude, like sour cream, strawberries, brown sugar. Those are all good things. Mm. I want it in my mouth. I'm going to try this. I don't know how to say this, but I'm going to try my best. Lagringuitar de show says. Lagringuita. Lagringuita. De show. La Gringuita de Cheo says, yogurt is better salty than sweet. Yes. I love yogurt so much. Like, Americans don't eat enough yogurt. Like, not that, like, vanilla, like, Yoplait stuff. Like, just pure, unadulterated, like, yogurt. Like, just start eating yogurt, ladies and gents. It's so good for you. The probiotics, insane. The flavor, delicious. Have you ever had chips with yogurt? (laughs) I know you have. Because every time we have like a five minute break in the office, I turn around, Nicole has a bowl of yogurt and she's shaking a whole bag of chips into the bowl of yogurt, which I respect. Yo, man, it's the best snack that no one's ever heard of. It's delicious. (laughs) It's funny growing up with like the most basic of kind of white American palates and tastes where I just thought all yogurt was like gogurt. Not even gogurt though, because I had the imitation gogurt growing up. So it was like Fogurt. Pur- 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 purple Fogurt fun, <laughs> Fogurt. you know? So I never knew like how beautiful yogurt could yeah. be. And then you start getting into like Labne and, you know, all these just beautiful like Bulgarian. quark, do bul- that Bulgarian, Bulgarian yogurt. Bulgarian mountain yogurt. Bulgarian mountain yogurt. We've had the same oh. exact brand. It's almost like fizzy with how tart it is. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Savor, so savor yogurt dishes all the way. Sometimes <laughs> it'll just like make a stew and just scoop some yogurt into it and slurp down my yogurt stew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. What is the, what's the, I believe it's the Lebanese dish that's like um, uh, kofta or kefte. Yeah. That's like stewed in yogurt. Um, You can make kofta like that. I don't know if you're like, oh, that's great. Yeah, stew yeah. your meatballs and stew your meatballs in yogurt. Yeah, just make sure it doesn't break. Yeah, that's the trouble with cooking yeah. with, especially a high protein yogurt. For sure. At Katie K425, Frito bean dip is the Texan version of hummus. Also, love you guys. Oh, <laughs> Katie, we love you too. Uh, I'd agree with this, although there's some contention about the etymology of hummus and how <laughs> you can apply it to certain things. Because, like, 
Hummus is literally the Arabic word for chickpea. Can you just say hummus? Hummus. Why? Okay. I'm saying it properly. <laughs> well, no, it's weird to say like hummus is the word. You know? Anyways, fine. Hummus. Hummus. Is, hummus. <laughs> that's how it's pronounced. Not whatever. Neither here nor there. Hummus is the <laughs> Arabic word you win Thank for you. chickpea. And so, like, is anything made? You know, with a different bean considered hummus, you go to places like edamame hummus. Oh my gosh, we should talk about that on the Piggity Podcast. We should. Next week, Ryan. What's in a name? I'm fascinated by that. But I agree that if you're talking about the most Texan version of hummus, Frito bean dip is one delicious and two, you are spot on. Yes, I agree with this, Katie. Katie, you're so smart. Nicole, how do you how do you eat your hummus? Because there's two thoughts. There's like, do you pinch and scoop or do you swipe? Uh, I pinch and scoop. Really? Yeah, but also I buy Sabra, so like, what do I uh, know? Yeah, that's fair, that's fair, yeah. that's fair. I'm a big hummus swiper. Oh my God. Swipe, so you just like... Yeah, you kind of like dab the pita or the lavash or whatever around uh-huh. the corner and you just like drag it around, especially if there's some like warm olive oil on top. No, I like I like take the bread in between my thumb and my index finger and I just pinch. You know, First, little, little well, I take a little pinch and then I open the pinch and then I put stuff in it and then I eat it. Oh, God, I'm hungry is yeah, what I'm finding the, out. It's called the lochme. Okay, um, Nicole Kirsten, oh, great first name. <laughs> Eating mashed potatoes with my fingies is more enjoyable than any utensil. She said yeah. fingies. <laughs> Boo, she said fingies, bro. Okay. <laughs> I eat everything with my fingies. Yeah, I think I saw you the other day eating Zanku chicken and you were like knuckles deep. In that chicken thigh, and I'm just like, no, no, I wasn't. Crazy. I wasn't only knuckles deep in that chicken thigh. I was going knuckles deep. You go to the second knuckle, and then you extract as much meat as you want, and then you dip your whole hand in the hummus, I saw, hummus, I saw. and then you dip that into the tabuleh, and then There's you no eat it in the tabuleh. I don't know. You dip it all. You you go knuckles deep in the chicken, knuckles deep in the hummus. Finger, fingernails deep in the tabbouleh and then you got a perfect bite and you can suck it off your fingers. You were literally sitting right over there, like right uh-huh. over there and then Chris was right next to you and uh-huh. then you were just like, you were just doing this like weird like finger dance. Yeah, yeah, no, no utensils needed. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, well, you I, were having such a good time. I didn't want to bother you. Food to me is deeply personal and emotionally intimate. I want to eat it how I want to eat it. If I'm eating mashed potatoes with my hands, with my fingies, that's what I want to do. Nicole, I support you. The Nicole from Nicole the Kirsten. Kirsten, not you. I don't yeah. support you. Yeah. You're mean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sensitive. At Brie underscore craft. Ketchup does not belong on sandwiches. Uh, this is low-key a really good one. <laughs> this is low-key a really good one because then what do you consider sandwich? I know where my politics lie. <laughs> On this, I've made that decision a long time ago. I did my soul searching. I have decided that both hot dogs and hamburgers are sandwiches. I obviously believe ketchup belongs on both of those. But if someone's like, I've put ketchup on a ham sandwich before, it don't taste right. Mm. And I love ketchup and I love ham sandwiches, but it don't taste right. No, you know what you got to do? You don't put it on the sandwich. You just make a little like <laughs> corner, <laughs> you know, just a little. <laughs> and you just, if you want to, you can like slightly dip your bread in it. If you really want to. Yeah, something. Well, that's it. We we were eating pizza in the office the other day, and it was just like a, you know, a frozen day. pizza, which is an every day. We have so much pizza. Uh, but we didn't have any ranch dressing, and we only had a little bit of that creamy Whataburger sauce oh. that I like putting on the pizza. Disgusting. Uh, but I wanted something to dip my crust in, and so I just made a little <laughs> of ketchup in the corner of my plate. And I started dipping pizza crust in ketchup. And turns out that's the thing I enjoy. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, so I would I would absolutely dip, say, the corner of like a Subway sandwich if I'm not eating it for the taste. Yeah, it's all uh, getting ketchup. A tuna melt? With tuna a melt little... Pff- <laughs> yeah, a little hot tuna melt, a little <laughs> on there. 
Oh, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> this is the best part of the podcast. <laughs> Jenny Moonchild says, homemade general soles cooked with chorizo, peppers, and onions will change your life. No, it won't, Jenny Moonchild. <laughs> Who's putting chorizo in my general soles? If you're doing that, I'm go- I'm calling the police. Are you? If, you, if you're doing that, I'm going to go to your food truck. <laughs> Assuming no. this is 2009 in LA, because that's yeah. the exact <laughs> time that all this food was coming out. Yeah, I so, can't. I don't like this. I, I'm into it. I mean, do I think all the spice combinations would really work? Conflicting flavors, man. I can't. Well, one reason I think people gravitated so hard to this, you know, quote unquote, Asian-Mexican fusion that's going around, which like Roy Choi is a fantastic chef 100%. and all his food is incredible and balanced and well thought out. We love but him. We love him. We stand a Roy Choi. Yeah. But then so many of his imitators started, you know, advertising Korean barbecue tacos. And there was a place right by UCLA that used to be called Buck Fitties, but it's now it's called Tommy Taco. And they advertised a Korean barbecue taco. It was literally their carne asada with their teriyaki bowl sauce on it and that was it and so people realize that just americans like sweet things yes and so if you can put sugary things in a taco with like some spicy then people are gonna eat it i was so mad when i found that out josh have you ever been to gushi in westwood i gushi in westwood was my like number one hangover meal because i would buy the sundubu chige right the the pork and tofu stew and i'd get a large and it was just sold in a big gulp cup yeah. They just give you a 40-ounce styrofoam cup with the lid on it that you could put a straw in. Wow. In theory, you could drink this tofu stew with a straw if you wanted to. I love Gucci in Westwood. Me and my boyfriend went on Saturday. Really? Yeah. What'd you get? Um, I just got the I just got the uh the what is it? Oh my gosh. The galbi? Yeah, yeah. Is that it's just the galbi? Yeah, yeah. And then he got a short rib slash galbi plate. And they have, they have the vinegar they can just like put on your eyes. So everything Ugh. about that place is just the bomb. 12 bucks you eat for days. Yeah, some guy uh, drove his car off of the uh, the curb and he was stuck there for like 40 minutes. What? Yeah. Crazy. At Spaceman Kermit, Canadian bacon leftover from making the best pizza combo ever? No prob. Just add some to wheat bread, Tillamook sharp cheddar, mayo on one side, raspberry jam. What is this person saying? <laughs> They're saying that a sandwich made with Canadian bacon, cheddar, mayonnaise, and raspberry jam. I'm in, I'm into that. I love a little schmear. It's kind of Monte Cristo Monte Cristo esque. But why are they putting mayo when they say one side? I always think it's like you know what I mean, like one side of the sandwich, like half, like a, yeah, like a pizza half, you'd split up half. Yeah, toppings. yeah, yeah. That's how I think. So, so I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> You're thinking like a rainbow striping of mayonnaise and raspberry jam. Oh, okay, okay. See, because I was thinking, you know what I was thinking, right? Do you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do. But it's like, I thought it was just like like someone making a sandwich, okay? And like, this is all mayonnaise and this is all raspberry. And they eat and it's all mayonnaise. Yes, no, I think this person is implying that they combine the whole thing because sandwiches typically have two slices of bread, which, whoa, (laughs) we're getting into another philosophical discussion there. I think they're implying they put mayonnaise on one side and raspberry jam on the other. Uh, long story short, no. <laughs> I'm into it. Again, I, mayonnaise and jam, great combo. Underrated. Tay-Tay Bingham says, is coleslaw a salad? Husband says, yes. I say no. What do y'all think? Josh, what do y'all think? Yeah, at least two times a week I just eat coleslaw <laughs> for dinner. You think this is a joke, but no, I eat about two heads of cabbage a week and I will just slice it up very thin, add some meats on top, and I call that just coleslaw dinner. <laughs> Um, any questions? Coleslaw is definitely a salad. I don't know what else would coleslaw be. Is slaw not a salad? I guess they're saying like, oh, this is like a side. It's not meant to be a main salad. But no, expand no. your salad horizons. Yeah, like a coleslaw is 
pure salad. Also, quarantine times, cabbage is keeping the keeping the fridge for like months, dude. Uh, That's why I got about six heads of cabbage in my fridge right now. I believe that one million percent. Smells weird in my apartment. Yeah, when does it not? For a multitude of reasons. Yep. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. We've got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or NHendizade with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube. We launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at MythicalKitchen. We'll see you next time. Me and Josh are going to fight like chickens. Pew, pew, pew.